Hello, I'm Joss Stone. Thanks for joining me for a cup of happy. I spent the last few years singing my songs in every country in the world and been lucky enough to meet incredible people from all walks of life. What really struck me is that no matter where we are, we're all on the same mission. We're all just trying to find our version of happy. So with this podcast, I'm going to be speaking to a whole host of people to dig deeper into the what, why, and how of this emotion we call happiness. I hope that with these conversations, you discover something to help you on your own quest for happiness, possibly change your mind on a few things, and along the way, share a good old laugh with me and my guests. Today's guest is a full-time political warrior. She commits her life to fighting for what she thinks is right, and she really doesn't mince her words. You'll see her on CNN and NBC and hear her on her own podcast, Honestly Speaking. We discuss family and love, finding happiness in the simple things. We discuss left versus right and whether there might be something better in the middle. I hope you enjoy my chat with Tara Setmayer. Hello, Tara. How are you? I am wonderful. So, so nice to meet you. My goodness Likewise. Now the thrill is really mine. Oh, really? You know what? I heard that you were listening to um, some crazy remix that that has happened to some of my music. And um, Rich told me that it was Wake Up, the song. Yes, yeah. Is that, is that drum and bass remix? I think it's a drum and bass. It's, it's like um, crazy. The it's remix. like a whole album, the, the Soul yeah, Sessions yeah. album remix and remixes. So it's a whole bunch of different ones. And yeah, that one, I Can't Breathe is another one, which is not just, it's just apropos of what's happening right now, but yeah. it has, you know... Just, you well, have an eclectic taste in music, I feel. I do. I have a very, very eclectic t- taste in music. It ranges from like Broadway show tunes from the 40s to mm-hmm. like I grew up a rocker chick in New Jersey. First concert I ever went to was Def Leppard and Billy Squire. Oh, wow. Yeah, to like serious neo soul, mm. Eric Roberson, Raheem Devon, you. Mm. Um, oh. <laughs> my husband was thrilled when I told him that. He was like, oh my God, you're talking to Josh Stone. That's awesome. I'm like, yeah. Oh. So, so I, I appreciate I hear that talent. Your mum was an artist of some sorts. Was she a dancer? Or is yeah. that how your love for art started with your yep. mother? Yep. My mom, uh, she started dancing when she was five or six uh-huh. and um, performed on Broadway and commercials. She did traveling shows. Um, she was in Hair, Jesus Christ Superstar, West Side <gasps> Story, um, The Mean Nobody Knows, Godspell, a couple others like that. Wow. But yeah, so she uh, she had me at 21. So she gave that all up to 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 have me, um, which I appreciate, but she made sure that I had a, a robust appreciation for the arts very young. So it's, it, it gives me life. We've been indoctrinated by whoever it was that brought us up. So wouldn't it be great if we could wave a magic wand and have every parent just teach everyone to I love know. each other? That's not I the know. case, actually. Some parents, they pop out their babies and they say, by the way, love... You're going to have to fight for the rest of your life. Everyone's going to hate you mm-hmm. and um, you haven't yep. got a chance. Yeah. You know, so some parents literally say that yeah, to their children. So those poor mm-hmm. humans, they grow up getting bigger and bigger and they start, they walk through life with their dukes. That's up. right. You know, they're like, come on then world. And it doesn't mean there's no love in them. 
It just hasn't been cultivated. It It hasn't been fertilized and allowed to grow because they have to protect themselves from the Mm. hard, tough world out there. Yeah, it's fear. It's all Mm -hmm. of it is fear. It's the same thing with Donald Trump. You know, like Mm. uh, people look at him, they're like, "This guy, look, look, look at how he behaves." Mm. And I'm like, "It's all from his childhood. His dad didn't love him, you know, enough, and his mom, and Mm -hmm. you know, he felt like he's he's an insecure little boy." That's what's trapped inside. Right. Mm-hmm. I would actually feel sorry for him if he weren't in a position of power and screwing everything up. Yeah, because now, it's, now scary. It's, a, it's impacting all of us. You know, he can go get psychoanalyzed yeah. so later, like, but oh, right now I don't annoying. have time for that. Mm. But that's but that's important. Mm. That's actually a really good point about how people, where people get their fears or their encouragement from, a lot of it has to do with mm. how they were brought up in the environment they were in. And if we... You are what you eat. It's at true. The end of the day. It's true. It really, it always comes it's, down to it that. It really is, which is, I think, important to when you're judging or you're looking at other people. Like, why are you going? Why do you do that? Or why you should look at what's behind it. Just take a step back yeah. and look at what's behind it, because hurting people hurt people. And it's like if you can yeah. understand where that's coming from and tap into that, then maybe you can change that person or expose them to a different kind of love that's not dysfunctional. Because there's a lot of that out exactly. there. Exactly. If you could kind of write a law or put something in the education to change how people feel as, as youngsters, you know, to take it out of the parents' hands, really, and put it into not the government's hands, I suppose, but, you know, we or they run the country in the way they choose. So they can affect how people feel. Mm-hmm. They can affect all of that. Yeah. What would you do hmm. if, you could, if you could have the, the magic wand? <sighs> I don't know. My goodness. If, if we had that answer, Joss, you and I could save the world right now. Yes, I know. Okay. I have an idea. I have an idea. So, and call me an idiot, but this is what I think we should do. If I was the president, I'd be like, right. And I don't know. You're going to tell me that he can't do this because the Senate or the House has to do it. That's all right. I anyway, want to hear the idea. Whatever. So um, in school, and everyone has to go to school. That's the law. Right. Luckily, it's the law now. Luckily, in this country, it's the law. They have to teach a curriculum. They have to teach maths. They have to teach science. They have to teach, I don't know, how to write English, I guess that is. Why don't they teach people how to bring up a child or how to converse with somebody that they don't agree with in a kind way? I know they have things like debate class. Um, Mm -hmm. My boyfriend told me about debate class. Yeah. And it sounds to me like all they taught him how to do was argue. (laughs) But they didn't teach how to be calm and how to strongman someone else's opinion, how to be empathetic. Mm -hmm. That part of the curriculum is just non-existent. Why not teach them how to be good humans? Let that be one class. You know, that's not a bad idea. And I'm throwing it I out think, there. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I think in some school systems, um, private schools in the U.S., mm-hmm. they have more latitude where they're able to teach some of those things, more humanities, younger. Right. So like Montessori schools and private charter schools and things like schools that. Schools that people have to pay a lot, a lot of money to go to? Some, some you know, prob- the charter schools, usually you don't have to. You, they're, they're public schools, but you get it in by a lottery. There's different, there, there's been a lot of education reform because uh-huh. people have recognized that our regular public school system is lacking. We haven't really changed the way we teach kids in the last 60 years. Oh, so, wow. Really? Yeah. It's been, so it's- Oh um, gosh, that's a long time to not yeah, make it make yeah, an adjustment. It's true. It's like the same formula for a long time. I mean, there's been adjustments, but the basic formula of it hasn't really changed. And so 
Um, I think that there are a lot of discussions about that because, you know, we in this country, you're free to if you want to be a jerk off, you can be, you know, yeah. you're free to do that. If you want to be a horrible parent and teach your kid terrible things, mm-hmm. as long as you're not abusive. Yeah. Um, you have the freedom to do that, but, but, the, but the really society pays it, pays the been, price for it. If you've been treated badly. So, right, it all like comes you said, from hurt something. people hurt people. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, is, I love that you said that. My mum wrote a song um, after she got divorced, actually. It was sad, but she wrote this song called Hurt People Hurt People. Oh, wow. And it's so true. It is. It's, it's something so my mom taught me very young, too, because my grandmother was, she was a tough cookie. My grandmother was cool, but yeah. she also was probably un- undiagnosed bipolar. Okay. And she was a hot show. Yeah. So she, when <laughs> she was up, she was cool. But when she was down, look out. And Oof, um, my she did was a like lot that. of, she did a lot of really, mm. you know, um, tough things to my mom when she was younger. And, and um, right. so my mom had a lot of resentment toward my grandmother for a long time until right. she got older and realized that, you know, my grandmother was just hurt. She, her, mm. her, her mother was abusive to her. Her father left her and, you know, and, and it, back in then in the twenties and thirties, you don't, you know, you didn't do that. So it was hard for my grandmother. And so it was all just coming from de- de- being defensive from being her childhood hurts. So my mom, was she with, um, was she with your mother's father? Yes. My, my grandparents were married for 60 plus years. My grandfather lived. Nah, I mean, <laughs> I think in the beginning, but you know, the, that generation didn't leave. So even if they were miserable, no one they was going anywhere. Anyway. They stayed anyway. So, mm. you know, but that that's, that's okay. That's the Christian but, way though, isn't it? It's religion yeah. that, that um, defines that. that kind yeah. Of and also that. then you think, oh my God, I'm going to go to hell. For some, yes. For some. And also like it, society in the US, it was frowned upon to get divorced. You know, you right. just, you didn't do that. And then also back in the 40s and 50s, women didn't have as many opportunities as they do now to work and make as much money and be on their own. Um, so they depended on their husbands for financial security. So that's a that's a gender studies conversation. Yeah. But anyway, but my mm-hmm. mom, she older later in life, she found a way to forgive my grandmother and realize that it was just coming from a place of hurt. Yeah. So we were able to kind of reconcile that with her before she died. Right. Oh, that's lovely. That's good that that was put to bed. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Because you can't. You don't want to hold on to that. You know, life is too short. God no. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's I wish I could suck it out of people. I know. You know, like the guy in the Green Mile. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, if it were only that easy, that. right? Just... But I don't want to have the bugs in my mouth. Yeah, that was that we could have done without that part. But it's yeah. the last thing the I concept. Want. But I would do it if I could take away someone's sadness. Yeah, of course. Um, but you know what, though? I just want to say this about you. You actually have that ability because of your God-given gift of of song and your talent that for a lot of people, you have a song called Water for Your Soul, right? Yeah. And that's what music is for a lot of people. You know, yeah. There was a reason why the angels in heaven, you know, the praise and worship in heaven, right. um, and Lucifer was a fallen angel. He was the praise and worship director in heaven, right? Right, right. God, because God knows the power of music. And that is something that unifies people all across the world, all across mm-hmm. cultures, languages. Oh music gosh, is such yeah. a uf- unifying thing. And that's mm-hmm. where your place in this world comes in because you have been given such an unbelievable God-given talent that- Help people feel better. That's right, just mm. with your voice. Mm-hmm. Just with your voice. So you do, have the, you do have that ability, my dear. I try, <laughs> you know, I try to use it for that. It's a funny thing with music because you can write the saddest song in the world and it can help someone feel better. That's 100% correct. Because they don't feel alone anymore. You know, so much power. It's so mad, isn't it? Honestly, this morning I was feeling a little bit queasy and um, I played this song um, 
It's called She's Royal. It's just the first song on uh, Taurus Riley's album. And I turn it up, it's a little reggae tune. Mm-hmm. And, oh my God, it made me feel so much better. It's unbelievable. It it's, fixes things. It's the magic wand. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> you true. like live music, yeah? Live music is one of my refuges. It's my solace. So there's no mm. wolf trap this year because of the COVID-19 pandemic, unfortunately. Right. So not only are we missing out, but my heart breaks for all the artists and everyone that has lost mm. their jobs that aren't, you know, that yeah. don't have that income either. Because there's so many artists that live off their tour money. It does suck because that's that's really the only way to make money. Yeah. You know, this the record sales age. thing is, nah, that's done. You know, so you have to be creative. You have to, you have to find that silver lining. Yeah. It's going to be there. You just fucking find it. Right. That's you know? right. That's it's true. It's horrible. You look at the cloud, you're like, oh no. But it <laughs> is there. That silver lining is there. I don't know sometimes where, but it doesn't right. mean that it's not there. And with creative people, you would hope that they um, are able to think their way out of a bad situation and be creative. Right. Or create their way out of the situation. Yes, create your way right? out of it. Yeah. But it, I can't wait to so see all the, all the amazing projects that are going to come out of this because... Um, mm-hmm. You know, the creatives like you and others, <clears throat> you have no choice but to figure it out. So yeah, what, what, figure what it out. how much beautiful art and music and, mm-hmm. you know, prod, uh, projects are going to come out of this. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of, that's the silver lining for me. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of, it's cool to to create in a time of difficulty because that's sometimes what the inspiration is. A lot of the time it is yes, what the inspiration that's is. That's right. Um, it's just trying to figure out how to pay bills. Yeah, <laughs> that's you can't create bit. a way. You're that's a real your bummer. Yeah. I know, especially I since know. a lot of artists are just don't even want to think about that. You know, know, the numbers side of things is like that's not where we live. So um, that's a bit of a bummer. Um, but you know, we're lucky in England. It, it's been it's been okay, and in America, it's been okay because there's been like bits of money sent out by the government to for different people um, yeah a little bit of help so that's been a that's been better than a lot of places you know i spoke that's to true. my friend Tressel the other day in congo and he was like joss it's terrible oh. because the government over there obviously couldn't give two shits right. about their people like really truly yeah. and i wouldn't say that if i hadn't seen that but um my friend Tressel, he makes uh water filtration units um and he gives water to this whole village. It's amazing. This one man did this. Good for um, him. He was born there in this village and then he was adopted by an American lady. Oh, wow. So he was educated over here. And then, you know, he learned about his life and where he was from and he went mm-hmm. back and he mm-hmm. was like, hang on a minute. I've been taken out of this to become educated, to learn how to fix this. So he went back and asked the government, hey, I've got an idea. I'm going to need a bit of money to to put this thing in so I can give water to everyone here that doesn't have any water. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, no, you can't have any money. Why would we, the government, want to give our people water? Don't be ridiculous. Oh my and they goodness. sent him on his way, right? So he's done it on his own. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful person. I love him so much. He has the biggest heart in the world. So he's done this. And then when COVID happened... The government were trying to take his water unit because they needed it for something else. Unbelievable. It was terrible. And I'm saying, so are they helping the people with food or anything? He's like, nope. They're not helping with food. They're not helping with water. They're not helping with money, obviously. And they're telling everyone that's outside. Remember, most of these people have nowhere to live at all. Right, right. Um, so they might be selling like a bit of fruit or whatever they're selling. Um, and they're saying, 
you all have to lock down and quarantine in your homes and you're not allowed to work. Right. So oh, like, what, what do you, where the are we you supposed us to, to do? lock down? You know what I mean? Wow. It's, that's crazy. So, yeah. so I often think about places like that. That's one story. Yeah. You know, so. And you've been you all over the world. So, yeah. Yeah. So I find it hard to get too mad when we're in a land that literally will send checks to people's houses and make sure that everyone's uh, um, that's a great point. clean water. That's you know? a great point. And that's, but it doesn't that, that mean that you can't fix stuff. Right. Yeah, it and that says something about us as a yeah. society. You know, I've, I've watched kind of how America has reacted to this. Some parts of it where mm-hmm. people, they're freaking out because they have to wear a mask mm. to or because they can't go to their favorite bar for right. a month or two. Like, Get over yourselves. Get Are you kidding over me? It. There's people in the Congo and places around the world where they don't even have somewhere to shelter in place. No. They don't have running water. They don't have, they don't have, they, and they if don't they have the get luxury. Sick, they right. just die. That's right. And they don't have That's the luxury it. of sitting on their ass and watch on their couches watching cable all day or playing right. Xbox. Well, you know, it's like, come on, people, get right. it together. So, yeah. yeah. It's important to fight to make things better all the time, but it's also just as important to be thankful and grateful for what we have and just look around and go, oh my God, I'm so lucky. You know, just (laughs) start the day like that. I honestly believe will make you happier. You're right. I think there's studies about that, you know, like people who pray or meditate, they take that time in the morning, uh, positive affirmations. That's why that's such a, like a thing now. Yeah. That, that, like rewires your brain and the chemistry in your brain to be more positive because it takes a lot more effort to be miserable. It, it really does. does. So find that, find the little things that make you happy, find joy in your life. Mm. Even when you're, you know, when things are down and out, there's still things you can find joy in. Um, yeah. Simple things, you know, um, you know I, sometimes I just go outside on our deck and I watch our hummingbirds like that's like yes we have yes. hummingbirds and we name them Hannah I and Harper. I wanted to ask you about the hummingbirds. <laughs> Tell me about them. Yeah, yeah. So like you know when you're in a high stress career like I'm in or my, my husband too, you know we have a lot of responsibility, um, and it's nonstop that you have to take a minute to just sit and be okay with yourself and, and just right, just take a deep breath yeah. and just appreciate. And so, uh, you know, we have like a little, I, I look forward to spring because I turn my deck into like a little garden with, uh, you know, tomatoes and I'm from Jersey. So tomatoes, Jersey tomatoes are a thing. And my grandfather had an amazing garden as a kid when I was growing up. So, uh-huh. <clears throat> so I used to tend to the garden and the tomatoes with him. So it's like a family tradition. Oh, I literally nice. go to New Jersey. I get tomato plants with my mom and bring them back to our house in the DC area because I oh, have wow. to have a bit of Jersey with me all the time. Anyway, so I have my little Jersey tomatoes and my my um, uh, spices and, and, and herbs and my flowers and my hummingbird feeder, which is like my favorite thing because we have two hummingbirds that come back every year and we've named them. So Hannah the Hummer is my favorite one and she literally comes and buzzes me Oh, she'll wow. go like, you know, you can hear it. They're not buzzing. It's their wings, right? But I, she'll come like almost, I don't know, two or three feet away from me. Right. And then buzz around me and then go to the feeder or go to the flowers that I have that they like, that I make sure that they like. Oh my God, you're it's like Snow un- White. I know. That's what my mom says. She's <laughs> like, you guys, it's like Snow White's backyard in your house. I'm like, but that's, that's like. awesome. That's what I do when I just oh, need to just cool. chill out as I hang out on my deck and I watch Hannah and Harper buzz around and go to their feeder and then our squirrels my mom said we've created a welfare state here because our squirrels and our chipmunks <laughs> eat constantly she's like they need to learn how to eat on their own i'm like but i can't help it they're so cute fine. Oh, they're fine yeah I so it's the, the whole thing 
But you just, but again, I bring that up to say it's something really simple. Mm. It's just watching it's the nature. birds. It's <laughs> right. just beautiful nature. Yes. And a lot of the things that we create, they're just not as beautiful as, as what naturally happens. You know, it's it's very square and kind of... But things that happen organically are, just are beautiful. beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, like even with humans, like organic, things that happen organically like are the most beautiful. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's or why music is so... Or a wonderful conversation with a friend. Yes. You know, or a cuddle. or a hu- Oh, I've learned the difference between a cuddle and a hug. Oh my gosh, really? And I didn't realise I've been here, as you know, on and off um, since I was like 14. Right. Um, and I've been saying for ages hi give us a cuddle and someone <laughs> told me who is it that said it to me the other day oh like this and I was like what do you mean I really mean give me a hug right right but I don't mean like a sexual cuddle yeah but I mean a cuddle for god's sake oh, I mean a hug don't right. get all freaky about it oh my god it's so embarrassing and now I'm looking back at my last 10 years of here I'm like, oh, Jesus, everybody thinks I'm coming on to them. And I wasn't. Well, especially now in the era of Me Too, I guess you really have to be careful with a cuddle versus a hug. Isn't that Come on, baby, let me get a cuddle from you. (laughs) I'm just trying to spread joy, for God's sake. Oh, that's funny. That's Me Too moments all over the place. I'm actually, I might use that now. I, but it's so cute. I like it. Like, give me a cuddle. Like, that's what you do to your dog or your yes. cat or your baby or, you know, yes. your husband. To show love. We must show love. It's very important. And it's very important to show love to people that you don't get along with. That's right. How hard is that? That's tough, right? But I think that that's how we move forward. That's the only way. Because they're involved, by the way. They're not going to disappear. That's they're right. They're not going to disintegrate into nothing. That's They're right. still going to be there. So if we can just kind of find empathy and um, understand them. I don't know. It's easier said than done, isn't it? It is because people are so stuck in their ways or they're in their silos. And, right. you know, it's they're afraid to branch out because, again, it goes back to fear. Their yeah. you know, fear of the unknown mm-hmm. oftentimes uh, stops people from yeah. experiencing new and fresh and wonderful things. Yeah. And that's a lot of what's going on you know, even with the racism and some yeah. of the, the hatred that's happening right now in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's just fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, when people stop and listen, I, I think that's why there was this video that went viral. I think, I don't know if it went viral or around the world, but in the U.S. it was two babies, toddlers, one black, one white. Oh, and they were in love. They were cuddling. Well, yeah, they were cuddling, but no, they were, they were two, um, they were two boys, the two mm-hmm. little ones, yeah. and they were raised actually by gay parents, and they ran to each other like down the street. They saw each other and just oh. like beeline for one another and gave each other a huge hug. They couldn't have been more than two years old. I was sobbing. Oh, really? I was sobbing at this because they didn't care, and there was so much love there, and they oh, were ra- being raised by a non-traditional family in the U.S. And I thought to myself, this is so beautiful. Ma- mm. Like, we need more of this. We need more of this. And more people need to see this because that's where progress is made. Mm. And it was, it's, it was just such a beautiful thing. I'm a big, I'm a big softy. I might be tough yeah. on TV and people think, you know, she's a tough bitch. She's from Jersey and she's always arguing <laughs> and putting people in her place. You're just strong. You're strong, but it doesn't mean you're not a lover. That's right. Two little boys who make you cry. It was the cutest <laughs> thing. I, mean, I know I'm not the only one. No, but that's I just, cute. It just, I just saw it. 
as just a microcosm of what it should be like. This all is how the time. life should be. Yeah. yeah, we, you know, we're not born bastards. That's we right. We kind of turn into that. Yep. You know, yep. through whatever it is that we're fed, mm-hmm. um, any type of negativity. Yep. Um, and I think that sometimes parents will feed that negativity to their children because they, for, it's because of fear that they're That's worried right. about their safety. That's right. So they think I have to tell my kids this. Oh my god, my mum was terrible. She would say to me. I'd be like, Mum, I want to go for a walk on my own around the lanes. And I'm from Devon and it's very safe. And she didn't want me to go on my own because she was brought up in Deal in Dover and it's not very safe. Mm-hmm. And so she's fearful right. that I'm going to be raped and murdered. Right. So, so she puts she that on you. She to me, she yeah. put it on me. So she'd be like, Joss, this is what's going to happen. She'd, she'd look outside the window and she'd point up to the lane that isn't that far away. Like you can see it from my house. She goes, if you get up there and somebody takes you oh my and grabs you, she said, no one will hear you scream. Oh my gosh. How That's old what she you? said to me. And I have it etched into my brain. And I tell you what, when people kind of, I don't know, walk behind me or something, if I hear footsteps, I'm like, oh. <gasps> Oh my God, mm-hmm. I get my keys out and I put my keys in between my fingers and right. I'm ready to like right. stab that right into their neck. Like I have been prepared by <laughs> a very, very afraid mother, <laughs> you know? So I get, I get why she did that because she wants me to be safe and she wants me to live. But that's negative. Right. You know, right. so you have to find a balance in a way. And I'm sure that when I have children, I'll do a similar thing. But maybe I'll tone it down a little bit so it's yeah, not like a horror I, movie. I think I think you'll you'll instill it in them, but not quite so bluntly where they are, <laughs> so you know, yeah. constantly looking over their shoulder. But but that's yeah, true. Because you don't want to be fearful of, of anyone, really, because that, no. that can bring bad things towards you as well. It can. But you also don't want to be stupid. That's exactly right. And that was my mom's philosophy. You know, she... She told me if I never wanted to put any of my fears on you. Right. And that's why I'm not afraid of anything. I've jumped Good. out of airplanes. I go on, you know, there's like, there's nothing I, I haven't tried or done. I've flown, you know, I've shot wow. big guns and stuff with the Marines and flown on helicopters and, oh you know, I've hot water, hot air balloons. And I mean, I'm, I have really no fear about things and, and I'm thankful for that. Mm. But my grandfather was a police officer for 40 years in our hometown. Mm-hmm. And so I was taught to be very aware. So yes. he always pay attention. Um, and I'm the only child, only grandchild. I'm an only child. There's no boys in my, in my family. But um, my husband is, um, he's a trip. My husband's hilarious. So, so he's when, your, he's your happy. Oh yeah. Me. I waited a long time for him and it was worth it. When did you meet him? I met him when I was 35 oh, wow. and um, we got married when I was 37 going on 38. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was oh, worth the wait. Yeah. Too right. Don't settle. No. Anyone who's no. listening, don't settle. It's Please don't settle, it. folks. Don't. It's not worth it. You no. have to find the one that makes you smile. It's true. Yeah, because that is the difference between having a good life and a, and a difficult one. It, really. it, it can be. And it's all yeah. choices, too. You know, we are mm-hmm. responsible for our own destinies. So, mm-hmm. you know, never let anybody else make those decisions for you or mm-hmm. put that blame on anybody else. We are in control of our own destinies. Mm-hmm. So... He's, I said he was a copper. He's not a copper, is he? Well, he's, he's not um, local. He's a federal, federal officer. Yeah. A federal officer. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that he nicks people? He doesn't nick people, does he? Well, Unless they're doing something like federally terrible. Correct. Right. Okay. He's not like walking the beat. He's, um, okay. he's in a very important federal agency here in the United States. 
Okay. A very elite agency, actually. Oh. Oh, cool. That's kind of sexy. Yes, very. I think well, that's hot. I think that's is. probably part of the reason <laughs> why yes. you were like, he's my guy. Oh my God, he can protect me. It's true. Isn't it nice? No. And he's, but, he's, <laughs> and he, but he's such a teddy bear, which is oh. really nice too. Like you would, some, some guys are a little, you know, with that macho stuff. That's what you want. You want a tough one that's soft. Right. That's too. him. That's him. Yeah. I know. Don't mess around with him though, because right. he is not to be messed with, but he is a sweetheart. He loves animals. You can tell a lot about a man, how he treats animals. I agree. We silently judge them, don't we? When when we introduce them to our animals, we're like, we just watch like with a sideways glance. It's like, so true. Because mm, they know. What's he going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tells me yep. everything I need to know. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so he's a big softy and he's a creative also. He loves, he makes yeah. women's handbags. Like he, it's been a hobby and he's trying to get it off the ground, but he does handbags. He's had oh, a wow. men's tie yeah, line. I, wanna, I need to see these handbags and the ties. It's kind of cool. He sounds like, um, like the perfect man because you can talk to him about you know your clothes as well you can do girly talk he with him hems well. my stuff for me you're kidding <laughs> so, me no serious no i'm dead he serious. just whips out the old you know the sewing, sewing machine. machine yeah i'm like honey oh i need God, you to hem these pants so he's cool. like okay let me have them and perfectly hemmed yeah it's hysterical <laughs> and you're looking at him you would never know it it's amazing <laughs> yeah, never judge a book by its color that's right that's right oh that's lovely i'm glad that you have love 
bits and bobs, you know, like healthcare <laughs> and this and that, mm-hmm. and they can look after their people. So the people don't have to worry about paying for their own shit. So I don't know how they do these tests and I should, because I spoke to this chap called Mike that explained it to me the other day. I guess they do polls or, but if you're a politician and, well, you would hope that those that make the rules um, would want people to be happier right? Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Like they want the, the majority of their country sure. to be happy. Is unless you're a dictator. <laughs> or Yeah, unless you're a dictator and you just want them to behave. Right, right. Um, but maybe they just want them to be happy. So why not follow some of these other countries and take their little, you know, their little rule book and say, oh, they seem happier. Maybe we should um, mirror that. Well, I think that it's a difficult metric. You know, what makes people happy in Scandinavia may not Mm -hmm. be what makes people happy in the United States. I'd be curious to look at the cross tabs of this study. This is the Mm -hmm. nerdy part of me now um, (laughs) to see how they're measuring this. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that the idea of the government taking care of people too much is can can have its downside, a considerable amount of downside, because it takes a bit away from your individualism because mm-hmm. you're so tied into what the government is doing for you or not doing for you, which goes a bit against what the United States was founded on, which was the idea of individualism and you, you choose, choose your, right, um, free your will. path. Right. Yeah. So the when freedom you, here, um, what is that? Which one is it? The first or the second amendment? Which well, one first amendment, freedom of speech, freedom. assembly. Yeah. Everything's about freedom. Religion. It's right. like, you know what? We are free to be stupid. We are free to be clever. We are free to be bastards. We're free to be lovers. That's right. We're free to have guns. We're free to not, you know, so it's all about freedom here, isn't it? It it is. I feel like because of the the culture that that's created, actually, if you were to take that away, then people would be unhappy. Right. It wouldn't. But they might not be unhappy if they had free health care, though. Well, you know, the free healthcare thing is a much more complicated conversation because when you're dealing with countries like in Scandinavia, you don't have the same population that you have here. We have over yep. 330 million people in the United States. It's a little bit different when you have smaller populations. Uh, you know, free healthcare is just not feasible when you have as many people as you have here and you have so many different ailments with different kinds and different socioeconomic, you know, access. It's it's complicated. But it's we need big. to improve. You're saying it. it's too big, right? Um, we have a thing in England where you get taxed a certain amount based on how much you earn. So if I have a good year, I get taxed 40% delightfully. <laughs> so, you know, I'm giving back, well, almost half. Um, but I'm happy to do it because I want to have uh, free healthcare for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I want to have nice roads and for our country to be looked after. But you don't have to pay 40% always, you know, it it's lower um, for the lower earning people. So I don't know what that is here in America. Now, the countries we're talking about that are supposedly the most happy and they have their free health care and they tax people higher, they are tiny. Um, if the country gets bigger and bigger and bigger, like America, it's like 50 more, actually. You can fit England in Texas nine times. Mm-hmm. It's like huge. That's one state. Right. There's 50 of right. them. So um, I know that that means it's much, much, much bigger and much, much, much more people. But if you were to tax them all, wouldn't you just have more money for healthcare, or or how how would that, how would that go wrong? Right. Well, because we have a lot of other things that we use our taxes for, and right. so when we have federal, state, and local taxes that go into different things, 
So when you have more people, you also have more services that have to be paid for from, you know, um, roads and bridges to the military to and guns the government. And bombs well, and bullets. You, know, <laughs> you got to have a strong military that'll protect yourself. There's enemies out there, but um, but you know, yeah. But, but still, there's so much things, money though. Yeah, there's a, there is, but there's why also, don't they take like a little bit of that? Well, they they do though. They do like a little and, smidge, like a one percent. Yeah, that's like part of the that's part of the discussion because the the United States doesn't really like to be taxed a lot. Mm. That's you know the idea of forty percent taxation is like people in the US are like, oh my gosh, we that's insane. <laughs> you know? That's way too much. People What's just, the highest amount? So it varies. Uh, the, the tax, you know, tax law has changed over the years, but I believe the highest personal tax now is 39%. So but oh, most so people yeah, but most people don't pay that. Most people okay. pay somewhere between 12 and 20% depending on their income bracket, depending on how you, you know, our tax system is really complicated. And then there's mm -hmm. like 47% of Americans who don't pay any federal taxes at all. So those are lower income, lower earning income folks. Some people get an earned income tax credit back. So it's a lot, it's really complicated. So that's an argument about, well, why don't we just have a health tax? Mm -hmm. Some say that's an argument in this discussion. Some Could people say it for, just won't work. For a state by state? So like if New Jersey turned around and said, we're going to have a health tax and we're going to give you all free health care. Well, see, here's Could the thing. Could that work? Or it, would then people start flocking people, from different people states? People would leave. That's right. They would leave. Because, for example, New Jersey is a good example. My home state, um, yeah. New Jersey is one of the highest tax states in the country. The property taxes are through the roof. The income taxes are through the roof. Business taxes yeah. are through the roof. State taxes are really high. New Jersey has had a mass exodus of people over the last 10, 15 years because of it. Because of the tax. And where do they go? They go to lower tax states like South Carolina or Florida, where it has no income, state income tax at all. So if you were to add another tax on top of that for health care, people are like, we, no, because then you don't have a choice also about where you get your health care and what kind of health care you get. And people mm. in in America are used to being able to make those choices. Well, you can still have uh, private. We have both. Right. And you have to pay, right? There's like a certain... Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm like really, I'm home for two days, say, and I can't wait for the NHS. Usually I'll go to the NHS for whatever. Right. But if I can't wait, I'll pay private and I'll right. go private. Right. So you can. Just the same. Mm -hmm. It's just the same. Uh, interesting, yeah. isn't it? So it's just it's a, it's, it's complicated, you know. When you've got a lot of people and a lot well, of different things, it's a different people culture. with different a different culture. Yeah. yeah, it's a totally different culture. Yeah. and it is all about keeping people happy and feeling like they are in control of their destiny. Right, helping them feel free. You know, yeah. like they live in the land of the free. That's right. That's the main goal in America. That's correct. It really is. There's a lot of freedom in everything in our founding documents. And oh man, declaration. It's more important than independence and Gettysburg Address yeah. and the the constitution you know it didn't always yeah. you know it wasn't freedom for everyone equitably in the beginning but that's the that's the goal the land of the free because of the brave that's right i read that in the um garden center yes the other day it was like a little plaque yep and i said to cody he was in the marines i was like there you go oh, baby thank him for his service thank, thank you <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah i said thank you for your service mm -hmm. And I put on my best American accent and give him a big kiss. <laughs> I'm sure he prefers your your British accent. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's much oh cooler, God, believe it's so me. Funny. He tries to do mine and I try to do his. It's brilliant. <laughs> I meant I noticed you mentioning how God has made you and how I guess that's important to you. So mm -hmm. religion, I've noticed, is 
like the backbone to people's um, happiness and okayness with shit that's wrong, actually. <laughs> um, and I just recently, I had a very sad um, thing happen. A friend of mine died and I went to her funeral and it was very, very religious, mm. like very Christian. And I've not been brought up in that world, mm -hmm. but I noticed how okay everyone was mm -hmm. with death because they genuinely believe she's going to a better place. Right. They were like, woo, yay, right. congratulations. Right. They call it a home you going. Know, you've got home going. Yeah. That's what they called mm -hmm. it. And I thought, oh my God, this is awesome. And then I hear you talking about it. So America is very religious country as far as we are all aware everywhere else. I don't think you guys have had a president that isn't Christian or believes in God. Well, not that's atheist, no. Not that's atheist, right. right. So I wouldn't exactly call Donald Trump a Christian, but he... Well, he goes on about God, doesn't well, he? Doesn't he say? He's a very good con artist. It's a pretend. I said to Cody the other night, I was like, I don't I don't think he believes no. in God. And he was like, no. He was like, why would you say that? I said, well, I just don't. I don't know why, but I can't say that because I haven't spoken to him and that's not fair for me to, to prejudge. But I, I will prejudge based off of this, <laughs> based off of this, because out of the heart, so does the mouth speak. And okay. the things that Donald Trump says and, and the things that he does come across as very, A, unchristian-like, um, making fun of people, lying, braggadociousness, all of those things are not very, that's not the life that Christ has asked us to live. So mm -hmm. it goes against the Gospels. Also, whenever he's asked to talk about, well, what's your favorite book in, in the Bible? Or, you know, what part of the Bible's inspired you? He can't answer those questions. So it's quite clear that he made a political yeah. calculation. This is how mm -hmm. I get the evangelicals and the religious Christians on my side is pander mm -hmm. to them. And it's unfortunate right. so many of them have bought it. That's my opinion. But right. go ahead. <laughs> is it, no, I, I, hear, I hear why you would think that. I kind of just thought it just because of his vibe. But that, well, you have all better of reasons. that. I mean, there's there's <laughs> so many reasons. reasons, but it's like you know you can't judge someone's heart, right? You don't, but mm -hmm. but you can judge their actions. Yeah, it's true. It's a funny thing, religion, because it is the reason for so many deaths, but it's the reason for so many comforting moments, and also the reason for life. You know, so it's it's a belief that I think helps people, like astronomically in so many parts of the world and I think if it didn't exist it would be sad for a lot of people you know people would they have nothing right, you know right. and they've seen their mother be killed in front of right. them you know this faith this is, happens faith in something faith, if you don't have faith yourself, in those moments right oh my god what would you do that's right how, how could you possibly get through I know if you didn't have it I know so but in in this climate here actually you can get through without it and and it's actually okay. You can be spiritual. You can be whatever right, you want to be. Right. Everyone you can just finds be a good it. person. You can be an atheist. Yeah, yeah. And you can still be okay. So, you know, being that we're in this country, how important, I guess it's two questions. So how important is religion to your general happiness? And do you think that it would be possible for America to be run um, by a president that is not religious? Mm-hmm. Or good or bad, right? What would what would be your well? I think because because the country was founded on Judeo Christian values um, back in the back in the day, um, we've seen that that's a really it's incorporated into a lot of our government belief system. Even though there's a separation of church and state, but those basic foundations, you know, mm -hmm. it's in on our money in God we trust. They open yeah. up um, the sessions of Congress with a prayer. You have chaplains, so it's. I, th I don't know that the country is necessarily ready for an atheist president because I think people are comfortable when they know that someone, their leader, draws from a higher power and that it's bigger than themselves because 
when you're president of the United States, that's kind of an important thing. But okay. after Donald Trump's presidency, I think that the country may be more open to someone that doesn't have um, a declared religion just because of the hypocrisy that they've seen. We see statistics in this country of less and less people going to church, less and less and less young people going to organized religion um, for uh, for spirituality. So I think eventually the country probably would be okay with someone who is um, agnostic or, or an atheist. Right. I don't know about, I don't know right now because it's still mm -hmm. such an ingrained so much in our society. But I think mm -hmm. the main difference for me is that I don't look at it as religion. I look at it as relationship because when you start getting into religion, then the legalism of religion overtakes the relationship that you're supposed to have with God. I mean, for me as a Christian, it's my relationship with Jesus. But for others, it's, you know, in different religions, it's about relationship. So that is the anchor. That's the foundation. Um, and when you have that, I think that's what brings happiness and comfort in tough times and things. It's knowing that you have that relationship with God and that there is a, a higher power out there that's in control of things. Um, and I think that that's, that's the anchor. That's what makes you happy. It's less pressure somewhat, yeah. isn't it? Because you give it, you kind of, you give it up to God. Right. That's right. You kind of say, well, this is something I can't control, but it's okay. Right. Because he's going to sort this out in one way or another. You know, that's very comforting. It is. And you don't feel alone. So mm -hmm. I can, yeah, it is is a very comforting idea. Yep. Um, that I totally understand. So, but, but it can, you know, religion, wonder, is, yeah. religion is what gets, you know, people in trouble and what starts wars and that religious right. dogma. The that's rules. a problem. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah. you have to stick with these rules because I read this book and I understood that it meant this. So if you don't agree yeah. with me, well, I'm going to kill you. Right, right. You know, so that's where it goes too far. Right. I think anything that's too far... Yes. <laughs> it's not good right anytime you have dogma like that it's yeah. it's um it, it's rife with problems <laughs> but if you focus on the relationship part of it i think that's um that's mm. a better way to go and that's the way i approach it oh i love it <laughs> all right tara thanks so much for chatting with me oh it's been an absolute pleasure josh thank you jo josh listen to me i can't even talk josh <laughs> that's okay thank i you. answered to that anyway <laughs> well We'll all be waiting with bated breath to find out what happens in November. I'm sure the entire world will be sat on the edge of their seats. Hopefully Tara finds some time to relax afterwards. Do check out her podcast, Honestly Speaking. You're bound to learn a lot. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend. Thanks so much to the producers, Richard Willen and Sam Brown at Fascinate Productions. They always do such a lovely job. And of course, thank you to everyone that listens. Catch you again next week. Take care. I want to say a massive thank you to our sponsors, Walida. These products really do make your skin feel amazing and smell totally lush. But it's just as important for me to choose brands that are the right choices for our planet. Walida really have led the way in terms of green beauty. They grow their own organic ingredients using sustainable farming practices that work in harmony with nature. They've been doing this since they began. That's almost a century ago. As you know, I'm an animal lover. So, of course, all their products are cruelty-free, totally. So head over to walida.co.uk to find out more. Alrighty, on with the show. <laughs>